me give you some advice. You can't care about anyone else. Everyone else is an obstacle. You care what an obstacle wants or feels you're dead. If I'd cared about anyone or thing, I might have died. You have the talent. Whether you have the killer instinct is the big question. Garbage in, garbage out. Hello, all you gigolos. Welcome to Garbage In, Garbage Out. I remembered it this time, Ruby. Uh, I'm your host, Kelton, and uh, I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Grift. How's it going, buddy? Uh, it's good. Uh, still recovering from watching this last night. Uh, I, I woke up this morning, and the timeline was just full of people just po- like hungover posting. It seems like everyone went fucking crazy last night, gave themselves alcohol poisoning. Um, but I think my night was more fucked up uh, from from just watching this thing. <laughs> It is, uh, I would assume, a surreal experience to know that you and every wine mom and also college freshman in the world are uh, all drinking and watching Cruella at the same time. So congratulations. But uh, this week, we're not alone in this venture, in this ordeal. Uh, we have Poppy joining us. How is it going? Hey, everybody. I'll uh, start over. Say my name again. <laughs> How's it going, everybody? I'm tired. Oh, that's good. That's good. You know, uh, It's the weekend. You know, we record on Sunday. Stuff gets pushed out on Tuesdays. So... Uh, it's always like a, a weird to uh, almost like time capsule of me trying to figure out, well, how was that weekend overall for us? <laughs> I uh, get to look back and see what movie I uh, subjected myself to and I figure it out from there. Uh, this week, of course, we are going to be talking about Cruella starring Emma Stone. Um, Emma Stone, who let's not forget, played a half Japanese woman in the movie Aloha uh, by Cameron Crowe like five years ago, a year before she won the Oscar. So how she quickly the arch of progress. out for that. At yes. an award show. That was <laughs> honestly like good for her. Who was it? Was it Sandra O? Oh, who was like, who just said something about uh, white people playing Asian characters? And That's you can exactly hear her right. from the audience saying, I'm sorry. <laughs> Stop Asian hate. Hold her accountable. <laughs> I think the biggest issue is that uh, she agreed to appear in a Cameron Crowe film uh, that was after 2000, more than the fact that she's half Asian. What, what's going on with that guy's career? We don't know. I'm not going to look it up. Uh, we're, we're here to talk about Cruella, though, uh, and I guess specifically like the universe that all of this is in, because uh, this is also like an unofficial prequel to the Glenn Close 1996 101 Dalmatians movie. Uh, did, are how familiar are y'all with Dalmatian lore? Um, I think I remember seeing that Glenn Close one as a kid at like a sleepover or something. Um, but I, I remember in like the animated one, the you know the classic Disney uh, 101 Dalmatians. I remember uh, being introduced to that as a kid by my parents, and I think we they read the book, the original book to me too. Okay. Uh, yeah. I like it. I like it. I mean, I I probably the last time I watched anything Dalmatians related as 15 years ago at this point, maybe even pushing closer to like 20 years ago, um, both because I am old, but also because uh, for whatever reason, I just kind of didn't really get raised on a lot of Disney products. Uh, people should have because I was raised by cable TV. So 
like FX and TNT. So, uh, just, you know, a lot of Lord of the Rings marathons with commercials, kind of what I watched during not, not a good time through and through. God, those movies are long enough as it is. Imagine I, having to watch it with commercial breaks. Oh yeah. Uh, that's it's a like, whole day. It's like a seven hour experience. It almost made you forget that you didn't have friends, uh, at least in my experience. So it was a good time. <laughs> good way to kill all that. Splice it up with some Papa John's commercials in between. <laughs> watching <laughs> uh helms deep siege sequences now um i guess you know uh, big ballpark ideas uh, before we uh fully uh rend our souls and open everything up here what did we think about this movie uh griff do you want to take it away first uh just it was a completely disorienting experience i'm sure we'll talk about this a lot but the ridiculous number of needle drops, um, I think you said it best, just didn't allow any scene to breathe at all. It was just on to the next uh, classic rock hit that they scrounged from the vault. Um, there, the, of which the original, like original artists, are probably like either spinning in their grave or being like forced to watch this movie with their grandparents. Just I, <laughs> I picture someone from like the seventies punk scene, just like cringing the entire time, seeing how they're uh, at the time, you know, uh, genre pushing uh, movement uh, uh, has been like appropriated into just the most banal aesthetics possible. Um, I mean, yeah, it's, it's yeah. 1970s London though. So like, of course you're going to get, fucking what was that needle drop of car wash working at the car wash like oh yeah that really fits the bill this doesn't seem like someone's spotify playlist gone horribly awry whatsoever i watched it with subtitles because you always get those uh i mean i also i just need it because i don't hear well but you get those little uh interesting little bits where they you know will say what kind of music is playing or something like that and under Nina Simone singing Feeling Good, it said R&B music. And I was like, you know what? That's just the most fucking disrespectful shit I have ever heard. <laughs> Why? It, like, who wrote this? The same people who decided that when the actual uh, uh, song fully kicked in to that, that instead of it be the establishing wide shot that panned around the factory, it would instead just be like a random wall. Like the, it was synced off by about half a second and it infuriated it was a door me. opening. Yeah, I, I just I, <laughs> come on. Come on. Come on, Disney. You got the money for this. You have a talented director. It's this guy who did I, Tanya. Like, I believe in your abilities to do a one-er shot as you showed earlier just have the camera follow through but uh didn't quite work out that way uh poppy what did you think about it i thought it was bad <laughs> that's okay that that tiredness in your voice that's uh coming from you it's good it, i just uh, thought i mean it had all of the potential like most disney things since like 2005 probably had the potential to actually be really great and they're afraid and they're just looking for their money so they don't do anything good but like it could have sure. been an excellent movie and it wasn't and that's what's even more infuriating if it's just bad with absolutely nothing redeeming about it then you're like okay cool like it's a bad movie but this one could have been good and they chose specifically to not make it good yeah, they, they, I mean, for something that, as you had mentioned, Grift, so uh, just filled with needle drops and makes the pacing feel so bloated and compressed. The fact that this movie is still over two hours long is insane to me, like two hours and 15 minutes. 
Like they just, you know, could not find a way to, to clip out anything to make it be just like light 100, at least in my head, what it probably could be. I don't know. I fucking hated this movie. Like, it, it, <laughs> it, it, as stylish and like, again, uh, as you were mentioning, Poppy, like as, as cool as all of the ingredients seem there for it to be a good thing, I just found it exhausting and completely disorganized. Like, I, I just have only negative opinions about the execution of the though the the main thing like the the big problem with this whole movie is that there's literally no point for it to exist out of all of the disney villains that you could have given compelling backstories to you choose cruella deville who is just the most <laughs> easy plain logical villain that has ever been in a Disney movie who like, okay. Yeah. Psycho rich lady who will literally kill your dog if she feels like it. Okay. Yes. I believe it next. Yes. Like what, 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 what more explaining do you need from that? We've all been like, we've all seen or experienced a white lady with a $40,000 face in a Mercedes G wagon <laughs> about to run you over <laughs> to go get the last valet parking spot at Neiman Marcus. We've all know who that lady is. Definitely. As someone you who regularly shops at Neiman Marcus, uh, well, relatable content. exists. Yes. Like we yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the fact that they were going with, uh, well, if you think Cruella's bad, just wait there's someone even worse than her it's like the bigger badder older version of cruella you see uh can't wait for her origin story to take place where we find out like what killed her parents that's the the big reveal i'm looking forward to yeah it, it seems like disney with these live action remakes um they're all like, you know, they, they did like the Aladdin and Mulan live action remakes. And, and now they're going to for, for like the origin stories of villains, you know, just uh, like plumbing the depths of nostalgia based on established properties for their, you know, to, to create content for their streaming services. Like we've been hitting this beat over and over again on this mm -hmm. show. And it's just yet a, yet another example of it. And but just pushed pushed to the next level, because, yeah, like you said, <laughs> Corella DeVille absolutely did, did not need an origin story. Uh, when, when are we going to get like uh, Nosbol Scar? You know, like, <laughs> like, leading. But like, Scar is Claudius. Like, Lion King is Hamlet. Scar is Claudius. Yeah. You can actually make a compelling story out of that. You, I could watch that. I could, I mean, we could write that movie right now in like five minutes. It's super easy. Uh, like, yeah. Out of everyone. Uh, Cruella. <laughs> Cruella. Like, why aren't we talking about fucking uh, Ursula? From the Little Mermaid. I mean, because we're gonna have there uh, make a it, fat what? drag queen with octopus tentacles, brewing potions, and doing <laughs> witchcraft in a cave at the bottom of the ocean. How did she get there? I'd like to know that story. Now that's actually something that I think uh, people would want. Instead, we're gonna get uh, Melissa McCarthy playing Ursula in the uh, what is it, Ariel Little Mermaid remake. Uh, that I can, so yeah everyone let's get let's look forward to that you know uh remakes in general uh, it seems weird uh i this is me trying to look at it through the most optimistic lens possible like while mulan probably had a all of these have a desire to make money let's kind of big blanket statement over everything but with mulan you might say that you wanted the remake to be a little less racist and that would make sense to me if you wanted to remake it with Cinderella, if you wanted it to be a little bit more fleshed out, but still a straightforward adaptation, great. Same with Beauty and the Beast. And if you wanted Lady and the Tramp to show off your animation technology to show CGI dogs, that's wonderful, you know. But the the idea of Cruella being this, this villain 
revamped storyline and then trying to say, well, it's the same thing as what we did with Maleficent, you know, when Angelina Jolie came to Disney that we're going to make like a fairy tale movie. That's an allegory for rape and abuse. Uh, and Disney said no for the longest time until Jolie's star power was big enough that then she just kind of forced her way through with it. Uh, that then they're trying to make it comparable to that. It, it doesn't make sense. Like this is baby's first edgy movie. Like this is, <laughs> this is what this is. Like I I'm looking forward to the merchandise ideas that come out from this. Cause that seemed to be the only thing of substance. Yeah. Th this was entirely made for like, um, like Disney adult Disney fans who are like bisexual women who only date straight men. So they can have like an Instagram bio caption. That's like, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit twisted or whatever, whatever <laughs> the, uh, like quote from it was. Oh my God. Yeah. No, uh, I, I'm going to try and, uh, find out a brilliant, oh. bad, and a little bit mad that that's oh, what yeah. it is yeah yeah we oh can't forget. god i can already see it i i cannot wait until i see that on dating apps and then swipe uh left i look forward to you getting on those dating apps tomorrow i <laughs> and seeing it it's gonna be miserable it's so bad the only thing that's stopping it from appearing on more dating apps is the fact that disney is uh charging people 30 dollars to watch this fucking thing like that's the only thing uh, cause, cause they know, they know that they're going to bleed the little pay pigs dry. And you know, as someone who I guess paid $30 to do this podcast and talk about it, uh, they got, they got one on me. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'll oink for them. I guess. Uh, thank, thank you for your service. Uh, you know, the, the, th the things we do for podcasting, you yeah, know, really, yeah. really going above and beyond here. <laughs> like they won. They unequivocally won. They're like, oh, yeah, uh, ragging us all you want. You still paid the $30 and no refunds. I, they made sure that I like check that box three times the joy. Um, I guess to, to give people kind of an idea, the basic premise though of Cruella is that it's set in 1970s London in the middle of the punk rock revolution. We find a young grifter and fashion designer named Estella who befriends a pair of young thieves and they're able to build a life for themselves. But soon Estella's flair for fashion catches the eye of a fashion legend named the Baroness sets in motion a course of events that cause Estella to embrace her wicked side and become the revenge bent Cruella. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, that's right. Um, can I, can I just say that they explicitly mentioned grifting multiple mm -hmm. times in this thing? So in my head canon, the writers absolutely lurk my profile and have, <laughs> have bought merch from me. So I mean, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm partially responsible. I'm sorry. You know, and I guess, uh, whereas most of the time I would ask people, well, would you recommend this? In this particular case, I have to ask right beforehand, do we respect the grift uh, that Estella runs several times throughout this film? Uh, we respect Horace and Jasper. No one, <laughs> no one was more unfairly treated than them. They did everything. Like uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sure we'll, I'm, I'm sure we'll, you know, provide more details on that as it goes. But like, she would not have gone anywhere without them. They created just incredible, uh, you know, public. Um, public spectacles and she just like rolls out of a garbage truck and she does, that's all she does. <laughs> designing dresses is a is a skill in and of itself but then when she has someone else actually making her dresses then other people getting together the multifaceted 4d experience to create your own unique guerrilla marketing fashion show uh i'm gonna give more credit probably to those people 
than the actual person drawing the dress. But maybe that's me. I don't know. Um, yeah. So w- would you recommend this movie? I think the answer is pretty obvious, but you want to expound on it a bit, Grift? Yeah, j- uh obviously no uh emphatically no uh yeah whoever like edited wrote and directed this thing they they should be like pushed off a cliff by Dalmatians (laughs) like like her mom was in that completely ridiculous clip that's been going around that inspired a lot of good posting you know I I had a post about it go viral a bit Um, you know then a lot of a lot of great replies that that we've been boosting on 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 the pod account and such you know (laughs) dalmatian's got a gun watch out (laughs) yeah yeah go 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 check out the pod accounts banner art for that one um but i do look forward to like a rambo style movie that's just called pongo like i i would watch that you know that seems cool that seems uh, like something i would get behind uh what about you poppy I mean, I guess it depends who I'm recommending it to. Uh, okay. Because like, if the, if it if if it's a person in their demographic, like, sure, go ahead and pay your thirty bucks. You're gonna love it. But everybody else, <laughs> just please don't. <laughs> it, yeah, I mean, them charging, I suppose, thirty dollars uh, is ridiculous. But you know, if I, you're a family and you're wanting to watch it, you probably would have spent that much at a theater, if not more, or even but double. It's not that, even families. You know. I guess the criteria is: is this a white woman wearing white? wide leg jeans from Madewell. If so, yes, I recommend it. If not, then no. God damn. God damn. <laughs> I guess, yeah, I guess that is specifically who I need to to recommend this movie to. Someone who watches Scream Queens and all of the Ryan Murphy new Netflix TV shows and things like, oh, this is a little saucy. Can't wait to talk about this in the group chat. Something like that. Um, uh, I, I do want to give some credit to the cinematographer and the costume designers because I think at the way everything shot looks pretty good. And then I think the way that everyone looks in the film um, looks pretty pretty great just overall you can tell a lot of care and talent was put behind that i just really wished it meshed well with everything else and i was kind of trying to figure out a way to put it into words then i found it i found the hidden key to this all that i think is going to unlock it here because the cinematographer of course is from i tanya someone that the director brought over and then the art uh i'm sorry the costume designer is someone who has worked on a variety of different projects including mad max for you Fury Road, the Guy Ritchie Sherlock Holmes movies, and then even uh, uh, Oliver Stone's Alexander. But the art director comes from the last three Harry Potter films and the most recent three Fantastic Beasts movies. And that, I think, is the uh, the thing that unlocks it. Because ultimately, when you have that person calling the shots or uh, how things are going to be laid out in front of the camera, that it doesn't matter how good your costumes are or how well the the camera moves around. I, I I think you I think you unlocked the codex there with that because uh on, honestly the, the the visuals of the first half were pretty good. Like it definitely, you know, was uh like uh, a, a lot of a lot of uh it, it looked a lot like the Harry Potter movies, but then when you get into the uh sort of hell hall sequences at the end, I think you you have been touching on this. It would just look like the shittiest green screen production from like the early to mid aughts. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was it was very very not good everything's made on a sound stage and uh you can really tell this time around i i enjoyed it it was like uh one of those cw superhero shows that i was watching like smallville or something 
Uh, that's definitely a soundstage. It's uh, very odd that everything was so pretty, but there was just such a fundamental misunderstanding of the 70s. <laughs> like, well, I mean, it's very clear that like they did this movie. And I mean, even if it is a prequel to like the ninth, like to the 96 one, that doesn't put her in the right age range if she's doing this stuff in the 70s mm-hmm. for how old Glenn Close is in that movie. And then the animated one is set in like the 40s. Yep. So yeah. there's there's really there's no reason to put that in the 70s other than said the 70s are in right now. Everybody's got the curtain bangs and we're wearing mm. shades of ochre and brown. And like that's been the thing that everyone's been wearing for two years. And it's very clear that that's why they chose that like aesthetically for it to be in the 70s. But they they miss it completely. Yeah, I mean, it's and, what if Harley Quinn was fashion designer in London? I appreciate that. But and, none and of this, the clothes look like they're from the 70s. No, it's they like don't. The, it has like a the 90s look. The street clothes, look. the fashion clothes, uh, they miss the punk scene, they miss the art scene, like all of it. They just It's almost there and they miss every single time, which just goes to the same thing that I said earlier with Disney, where it's like the potential is there. They know exactly what they're looking for. They know what the 70s looked like, but that's not palatable to everyone. So they just wash it just a little bit, tighten it up, clean it up so that it's actually not the 70s anymore. Which is fascinating to me because, and this might seem mildly controversial, so curious to know y'all's thoughts on it, but like 70s punk as an aesthetic was one of the most manufactured type of aesthetics that ever came around. Like the Sex Pistols were almost made in the lab to be the anti-Beatles down to, well, that's why we're wearing safety pins on jackets that we've purposefully ripped apart. Like we're trying to make sure that everything has this specific vibe to it. And the fact that Disney couldn't just go, well, yeah, we're going to make the platonic ideal version of that as all of the outfits and instead had to cross pollinate with other decades just seems interesting to me. Yeah, it was definitely a, a mishmash of a bunch of things. It I don't know whether I read this or just the feeling I got, but it feels like this was like filmed and produced several years ago and then left on the shelf. And then they just sort of brought it back because they needed something for their streaming service. And like they didn't produce any movies during COVID. So they needed to pump out some new content. Uh, <laughs> so it like it just felt like something that was like was made based on what was sort of cutting edge in the in, in the in the nostalgic zeitgeist, which is what all we have now because culture doesn't make anything new. You know, it's all just like uh, d- doing copies of what was in the past. You know, uh, first is tragedy, now it's farce. Uh, to, That's right. to, to, to put it in, you know, a uh, bit of Marxist terminology. Well, um, we, yeah. we have to. We have to view it like we'll forget the past entirely. So let's appreciate this sanitized <laughs> lens through which we can congratulate Cruella on creating the entire punk movement and not all of the uh, uh, conservative efforts that have uh, taken place that gave rise to that weird polarization moment. Yeah, and like, I, I mean, there definitely was authentic stuff going on um, in in that scene, but it definitely like was more just like people, just regular people on the street pushing the limits of stuff. And honestly, there was a lot of like reactionary stuff going on and how subcultures were trying to like, particularly like white subcultures in Britain were trying to like separate themselves from like, you know, the, the indigenous working class. So there was, 
was there. There were some interesting, like reactionary elements to what was going on. But that uh, didn't happen that, in this movie. That's why we no. have a black Anita and uh, uh, what is it? Uh, an Iranian, I believe, the actor who played Roger is Iranian. Yeah, uh, and oh my god, they were given. <laughs> you know, they were just complete tokens. They were given nothing to do. No, like uh, it's no. fucking uh, Nandor from What We Do in the Shadows. Uh, what fantastic show! And then he he's just giving absolutely nothing to do is roger yeah sorry to step on your point there griff keep going oh no no all good no that was that was a uh, good good way to to follow that i think it tracked um but yeah yeah like they they immediately uh they they, they immediately code cruella at the beginning as like neurodivergent i guess oh, yeah. like the, the and then and then they 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 give her a, you know a friendly black friend who just is is her sort of uh um like media promoter basically and just very very <laughs> one note and then i was surprised they didn't do very much with like the, the like the roger character was given even less to do yeah. and 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 like given the original story where it seems like she like like he and cruella had this real like sort of intimate almost backstory like i remember like as a kid being like it was sort of implied that they used to like date or something or they used to be like involved <laughs> with each other but uh like I, I remember like kind of picking up on that as a kid even if i wasn't really aware of what was going on but yeah no there there was like literally he was given nothing to do in this like and that that's okay honestly the more i think about it for his career probably better that you are just an absolute nothing in a movie we will forget about two years from now uh, meaning we will forget about all of the characters except for emma stone as cruella because you know everything of course revolved around her so uh let, yeah let, let's dive into kind of uh some some bits and pieces here of this movie as things were going uh we open up on cruella as you mentioned um we watch her growing up and having white and black hair that's a genetic thing apparently and not a fashion statement on her own it's a, a real good way to, for us to know that there's a good side and a bad side to her. That's how Ugh. that's how it works, right? Uh, <laughs> what size is the good side, Disney? Tell me, is it the oh white side God, or the black side? Did they just side? invent symbolism? That's crazy. <laughs> Visual metaphors. Yeah. Insane. It's, it's like that that I had eyes anti-abortion meme that's going around, yeah. but it's like I had black and white hair 14 days from conception. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, let, let's uh, given what happens later on in the movie. Let's definitely talk about uh, what abortion rights in 1970s London would have uh, done for this fucking thing. My God. Can we just give a quick shout out to that old lady in the beginning of the movie who sees the baby and is like, well, that's unfortunate. <laughs> I'm fucking best character in the whole movie. Absolutely. Come on. Yeah. Got to give props where uh, it's you know, some some old lady in some forgot forgettable small English town just giving you the truth as it's needed. But Cruella and her mother, they, they move from the small town after Cruella gets kicked out of school. Or just being a real rap scallion, getting up to all the mischief that a kid in a PG thirteen movie can get up to. You know, uh, I, I I didn't understand what exactly uh, we were supposed to get as a vibe from her. That she was a troublemaker, I guess. Uh, she uh, was beating up people trying to bully her. Oh uh, yeah. 
Yeah, honestly, she probably dodged a bullet because, like, you, the 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 whole the whole you know like British schooling system is just like institutionalized pedophilia. So, like, <laughs> yeah, get getting out of some elite boarding school where you. Well, that's why like, those boys were acting yeah. out, Grift. It's because they were getting molested. That, yeah, that, yeah. That's what was happening. Ironically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Epstein pipeline. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, Cruella's mother decides that they're going to go make a new life for themselves in London. But first she has to go stop off at this friend's house uh, that she knows of. And that's then where uh, chaos ensues because she talks to a woman who we find out is the Baroness. And then as Griff mentioned earlier, we watch the Baroness's Dalmatians just (laughs) fucking punt her over a cliff and fall to her death. <laughs> it's the most just like fucking video game CGI graphics of where the speed at which she gets hit and the speed at which she falls and continues to flip over and over while falling to her death. It speeds up. It's like watching it in three times. It's insane. Well, they, they had the Zack Snyder slow mo going on a bit. <laughs> oh, that's with, true. With, 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 when with, with, when like both like when the dogs were sort of like running towards her and inside that like Victorian LARPing uh, eyes wide shut party (laughs) like with the with the swing or whatever where the dogs were like leaping at her like it was yeah very very unnecessary slow-mo which uh you know maybe maybe we can settle this here uh are those three Dalmatians supposed to be the same three Dalmatians that we see later or is that like another generation? Because at that point, those Dalmatians are fucking old. Oh, you're right. I think I th- I just assume they were the same ones, but I totally forgot about the time jump. I don't, I don't know what the lifespan for Dalmatians is. Maybe maybe they were young then and were they were rambunctious puppies, then permanently yeah. scarred for that decade. Like knowing, oh god, how many women have we killed? How many people have we pushed off a cliff for this? But um, anyway, just talk about how that is some of the worst CGI I've ever seen. Like, in what world is that what a dog looks like? <laughs> well, I mean, if the alternative is just uh, watching some guy slightly off uh, camera abusing the Dalmatians to make sure that they get the right jumping scene, um, I'm going to give Disney just a little bit of uh, grace on that. But yeah, but they could have made them look like dogs. They can't. They can't. Come on now. That would terrify the children. They looked like horses. <laughs> yeah, they they look more like those like uh, Dalmatian human hybrids that people have made memes of in the past couple of days. Like, like this is the Dalmatian that killed her mom, and it's like a a uh, nude jacked body with spots all over it with a Dalmatian head. Like that literally looked more like the CGI Dalmatians in this movie than like real dogs. <laughs> hey fellas, this Dalmatian walks up to you and then throws your mom <laughs> off a cliff. What are you doing? <laughs> oh God. Uh, yeah. So she, she's orphaned and then she's able to uh, go out of course to London where she meets the scrappy Jasper and Horace, uh, the, the true MVPs of this uh, film who decide to take her in uh, when they didn't have to, let's keep this in mind. They did not have to bring in this woman into their their world of grifting, getting by, but they they decide to, and that is when she decides to dye her hair and go from black and white to red. 
Poppy, I just need you to weigh in here. Um, women, they dye their hair uh, because of only traumatic experiences, right? That, That's right. Okay, yes. I just want to verify. Mm-hmm. Um, Needed to... Uh, to and when they do it, they make sure to pour an entire bottle of dye on one <laughs> spot of their head, right on the top, and let the ammonia just leak down onto their face and their eyes. And, and also, if you have, I don't know, hypothetically, all black on one side and all white on the other, it's going to s- s- dye the exact same into yep, the same you only shade. Need one color. The, okay. Mm-hmm. It's going to take exactly the same. Just, just wanted That's to right. make sure that we were keeping up the realism here of this mm-hmm. gritty movie that takes place. Um, fun fact as well: there's a prequel novel because again, Disney loves to build you know multimedia style uh, tendrils to everything. Where we follow a 16 year old Cruella, and she has an adventure with two rich kids. That's called Cruella Hello Cruel Heart. So expected Disney Plus show uh, with that plot probably <laughs> to be taking place sometime. Oh God! Um, <coughs> and Awful. like, it, like her relationship with Horace and Jasper was inter- Like she, they, let's they talk were, about that. Yeah, let, yeah let's yeah. talk about. So they, 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 they started off, you know, as as basically equals. You know, they're all they're all doing the heists together and there's camaraderie and it feels like genuine like they're a team but then when she's st- when she's like oh i'm going revenge mode she just immediately starts treating them like shit like yeah. it was just like black and white just completely unrealistic like her hair yeah yeah, you know, yeah. Just- <laughs> there's that symbolism again God, yeah. gotta hand it to disney man they know exactly what the fuck they're doing but unlike uh, in, in other movies where Jasper and Horace, they are kind of the hired guns of Cruella and are objectively a little bit more stupid. In this one, they are her friends. They're like her family. So they're like her siblings. And they're doing this because they know that she's in pain. They're trying to support her. Like, it's the same reason that I believe it was Jasper uh, got uh estella that internship at that fashion department store because they knew like okay maybe this grifting world isn't for you uh which you know a a policy of the podcast i believe that grifting is for everyone it's an open door process Uh, no one should be not allowed to grift uh, but you have to have the spirit for it um we respect the intersectional grift (laughs) (laughs) that's right but you know they're doing this because they they genuinely care for her so then when she truly starts to abuse them and take them for granted, I don't understand why they don't just kind of rage quit on. Like, again, it's not exactly like what she's doing is overly simple in terms of any of her schemes or anything else. Like, uh, if we were to go through it, they set up in in an order that might surprise you, uh, stealing a garbage truck and then trying to refit the garbage truck to where uh, Cruella can hide inside and not be crushed to death and then do a magnificent reveal of which she can, she can pop out. Then also uh, helping her establish a fire trick dress that will, you know, change from an all white gown and reveal the red dress underneath that we see that's in all of the trailers. Uh, They also uh, establish massive lights uh black lights that shine on the side of a building where they have somehow under cover of darkness and with a cia covert ops team level precision been able to write cruella hundreds of times over the side of a building 
And uh, to top it all off, they set up an interactive outside concert experience that is a pop-up that they can set up and tear down in no less than 15 minutes with full working sound equipment. Like These guys are amazing and... They they're just treated like throwaways. They deserve better. Yeah, like they should like they should be working for like the Super Bowl uh, halftime show design yeah. or something. <laughs> That's like exactly just right. The level of public spectacle they're able to pull off and, and create like is is truly absurd, and they get absolutely no credit. Justice for Horace and Jasper. <laughs> like certainly, the magic they, of Disney. It, it's true. Like they may not be the idea guys, but they are the engineers, the Imagineers, if you will, mm. that make it all happen. <laughs> and I think that uh, this company should definitely appreciate that type of effort. And and just like the people that make all the magic happen for Disney, they are absolutely exploited and get no credit. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Because uh, like there is actually like an interesting like labor narrative to this thing because particularly with um, Cruella's relationship with the Baroness where she takes all the credit for her fashion work that she does. But in instead of, um, I don't know, her taking like, you know, uh, taking over the company and giving it back to the workers or something, she just like um, creates the same systems of exploitation. And then it's revealed that she's actually her daughter, not to, to, to blow the, blow Whoa, the man. Yeah, Whoa. Yeah, spoilers, Whoa. spoilers. Yeah, yeah. But like, like and and of and like just tying it back to that classic like Disney blood magic uh, trope, where <laughs> it, it, you're like, yeah, you just like the 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 reason you you are who you are is because who your parents are, and even though you're taking down the person who's exploiting your labor, you're just creating the same systems over and over again and, and doing the same thing, and, and nothing changes. It's a warning, is what it is, to tr not try and topple anything unless you're a member of the secret magic royal ruling family. Uh, otherwise, you know, uh, you, you'll get crushed to death is what happened. You'll end up like a Horace and Jasper is what, what what's going to occur. <laughs> I mean, basically what's happening is that Disney's establishing that villainy is established by blood quantum. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's the midichlorians. Why do you think they bought Star Wars? It's actually it's actually pretty, pretty Calvinist when you think about it. You're just predestined <laughs> to what you're doing. I mean, yeah. All right, everyone. Welcome to uh, theology. Protestant pod. behavior. Yeah, yeah. Pro Protestant work ethic. That's what. That's what make the world go around. You know. John Cruella Calvin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess let's talk a little bit about the the Baroness. Though Cruella, of course, gets her job at the department store. Then she very quickly, like after I think like a couple days, decides that she can't take it anymore. Gets drunk and then fucks up one of the plays. And the Baroness sees it. And because it's a Disney movie and not real life, uh, she doesn't get fired. She actually then gets hired by the Baroness at this amazing company uh, for making dresses. And it's like the, it's a legitimate corporation, right? Of where you have like a team of 20 or so designers where they're just pitching dress ideas every day. And the Baroness will take like the winning one that day and then slap her <laughs> name on it. And then welcome. That's in my new spring fashion line or summer gala 
or whatever. It, it really just kind of seemed all cut print money thing. And it's very like tied into the media industrial complex too. Cause there's like this, like there's plot device, there's this sort of like visual plot device that's used over and over again with the newspaper headlines appearing behind the action. Oh my to sort God. Of describe mm-hmm. what's going on. And they're always talking about like, Oh my God, the Baroness's fashion company sales are down 25%. And it's just like this, it's this bizarre, like tracking of what's supposed to be this like cutting edge scene, but it's also extremely corporate and like their like stock prices are as closely watched as like GameStop and AMC now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Ride Baroness to the moon. That's my advice. (laughs) No, I'm, I'm totally holding Cruella right now. Cruel coin. coin. Yeah. Don't, Dogecoin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dal- uh, Dal- Dalmatian coin. Oh, there we go. There we go. Uh, man, it just seemed like um, the movie was trying to establish the Baroness as being like really a girl boss, for lack of a better word. It's like she's mean, she's arrogant, she's feisty, whatever you want to put it. She abuses employees, but by God, she's a genius. She knows talent. She can recognize it, blah, blah, blah. Like it's the Dalmatian wears Prada. Um, that that goes on but uh, we get like 45 minutes of it being like a fashionista uh, war a little bit between the two of them and we never really see the Baroness coming up with any ideas on her own. Like I, I, we're just told that she is all of these good things but we never actually get a scene that shows it because I, I mean what like she doesn't actually do anything that fully transforms any of the pieces. I, I don't uh, quite understand then what if that was intentional to show like oh her star has in fact faded and now she's purely just scalping from these other people and she's not the girl boss we all think she is or is it that we're supposed to think that she is but uh they didn't need to show it in a scene like i i felt torn between the two different uh viewpoints yeah, yeah, I kind of got the sense that she was like the establishment figure who had success in the past being cutting edge, but now is just riding the coattails of all the people she has working for her and then taking credit for them. But like Corella uh, being this outsider figure coming in and taking her down. Uh, it's, it's sort of like a false promise because I, like we were talking about a bit earlier, like she like takes her on by exploiting her own people's labor and taking, mm-hmm. you know, like, like Horace and Jasper are to Corella as Corella is to the Baroness. Exactly. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's this like, I don't know, almost like a pyramid structure where like, if you were to have like the Baroness be at the very top and then have Horace and Jasper be like at the bottom as members of the working class. It'd be like Krell is like a smaller version of the Baroness, you know, uh, petite than all, some other word that starts with a B. I'm not quite sure what it would be. I mean, the Baroness is exactly what happens when Amy Klobuchar is born in London to a good family instead of Minnesota. <laughs> right? Like, yes. Yeah. Tell me I'm wrong. No, no, no. I, uh, why on earth will I correct you when you only speak the truth? Come on now. Uh, it, it's just, <laughs> I'm, I'm just picturing Amy Klobuchar uh, just 
really trying to sell a high fashion outfit. That's just a funny image in my head. I don't know if uh, she could do that. Like as she's holding deep fried butter sticks. I'm picturing Amy Klobuchar, like in her uh, Senate office, like meditating with the cucumber things over her eyes. (laughs) (laughs) And like her, her, her aides are just coming around and she's just like abusing them. If they don't, they don't do things exactly to her uh, preference, despite they, their, writing all of her like bills and and legislation and stuff and she's just the figurehead (laughs) i mean you know maybe we can make that movie uh if it can work for cruella maybe you know we can make our own version thereof use some public domain figure it's important though that that we find out about the bear nest because it's also shown that she is wearing a necklace that belonged to cruella's mother so cruella like we're gonna devise a plan to steal it back i'm going to dress in a fancy outfit Horace and Jasper, you develop a Mission Impossible style break-in scheme, go through a laser focus, avoid all of the cameras, and then get the necklace. Us doing equal parts hard work. Yep, the two of us. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the whole thing with like the uh, vaults and the lasers and stuff, it was very like James Bond with Harry Potter aesthetics yeah, a bit. This was around in the 70s, right? Yeah. Like big yeah. big time lasers and stuff in, in fashion corridors. That was the thing that was popular, I'm sure. Also wires everywhere. Whatever. It's fine. It's rich people. It's might as well be magic. That's kind of though the, the instigating incident for Cruella to make her appearance. And she's playful and she's coy. And she has uh, like her skin uh, painted to be slightly whiter than it actually is. Makes the problematic red dress. It is. It is. You know, finally, I can start complaining about something uh, that I don't appreciate this appropriation of my culture of uh, let us pale faces be is what I say. But um, yeah, she she just kind of. Uh, sets up uh, this confrontation with the Baroness to be a distraction point that ultimately is for naught because the Baroness ends up wearing the necklace uh, chase sequence ensues. Like it, it, it is something that is there just so that way then, as you mentioned, Grift, when Krilla is talking with the reporter friend of hers, she can kind of have that Joker moment a little bit of like, and when you write about me in the papers, can you call me Cruella? Like, you know, it just it was just groan inducing. I, I don't know. I'm the lady Joker, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, and, you know, like, I guess this movie has been compared a lot as like Joker for ladies. And, you know, there's a lot of jokes about that. But I, I, I mean, as I was mentioning in the DMs with Grifta yesterday, I really find a lot more parallels between King Arthur than with Joker with one because it's a secret orphan that has a secret magical bloodline and is able to take over the, the kingdom and assert power and control of the throne. And is uh, it's only with the help of their rapscallion friends, their, the Knights of the Round Table, if you will, that uh, they're able to bring about this change in progress and revolutionize society. Except nothing's changed. Shh, and it's- we don't need to worry about that. Okay. <laughs> that would have been the ultimate message of King Arthur too, you know, as it exists with the, the uh, inner politics of Knights of the Round Table. It's all in there with Guy Ritchie, this third King Arthur movie. We can, we can get into it. 
the uh, the trade policies that exist between Britain and Gaul. I'm sure that that would be a lovely fuck about. <laughs> yeah, and like we, we have this recurring thing on the show where we like make the movies better as we're going, and I feel like there was a good like heist movie in here. Like, yes, just oh been, my god, yeah, yeah. If it had been her and Horace and Jasper doing high level griffs. And and just like ha- and just having fun with that premise instead of doing this this tortured antihero where she's monologuing to the Baroness the entire movie as the narration. And I like, hate it, to be that guy, uh, but and sorry, sorry, I'll let you continue. Oh no, no, no I'm, I'm I'm done. No, oh, I, w- I was gonna say we have a Harry Potter person in here, so maybe the necklace we could find out is one Horcrux is one part of a larger puzzle and they do each heist to gain all the various pieces. And then that's what unlocks the key that then helps find out the, the destiny point, if you will, it would, it would give further validation and purpose to each of the heists. Again, that's us making a much better movie in my head. Ocean's 11 meets uh Cruella DeVille. Yeah. That sounds fucking amazing to me. I could get definitely behind that, mostly because that would mean uh, there's a lot more Jasper and Horace screen time, and that you know that that's never a bad thing in my head. Can we just talk about how good Emma Thompson was and how bad Emma Stone was? <laughs> like this movie would have been—you just delete Emma Stone from this movie, and it's Horace and Jasper ripping off Emma Thompson, and it's excellent. Yeah, yeah. At the end, there's a tiny Cruella baby. That's the, the big reveal. <laughs> That's it. Like, it, it, it would just be so great. Yeah. Emma Thompson is so good. And just like Cruella's black and white hair, you've got the duality of Emma's. <laughs> one excellent, one terrible. I, I, I think which it's way, all, Western yeah. Emma? <laughs> I, I, th- I think it's all summed up in that meme that was going around comparing Emma Stone versus Glenn Close at their respective movie premieres. And Glenn uh, and Glenn Close is in complete. She she is dressed as Cruella with the hair, with the clothes, just like laughing like a fucking maniac, just completely in character. And then Emma Stone is just like staring there primly, just like smiling, like not not emoting whatsoever. Like yeah. clearly just not into it at all. And I think that really just speaks to like how uh, how like lack of like lack of commitment there was the performance and the fact that they just didn't let her actually go crazy they're like oh this this person's so twisted she's so messed up but she isn't even allowed to like be that crazy besides just being an asshole to horace and jasper exactly yeah she's an abusive boss whoa so crazy they they wouldn't even let her smoke they got rid of her iconic <laughs> cigarette, which in the originals is portrayed as a bad thing because like the smoke is getting everywhere and like choking the dogs and stuff. And it's like it's obvious that they're not promoting smoking. But of course, uh, you know, the, the present way morality works in media, particularly Disney, like any representation of a uh, character who's supposed to be sympathetic doing a thing, they assume their audience is babies so that, oh, they can't have smoking because, oh, the kids might do it. You yeah. know, like monkey we, we, see, we, we monkey might, do. Yeah, we might lose our PG thirteen rating here because uh, because uh, smoking factors in now. <laughs> if only though there was a dress that she had, where if she had a, a long 
tip cigarette that she could ask someone to light it and then touch the bottom of her gown with the long cigarette, causing it to burst into flames, revealing Ugh. something. Oh yeah. Oh, that would be an awful scene to put into your movie. Oh, that, Oh wow. Yeah. Especially cause it would only need to be there for six seconds. If that, and it could be an homage, but whatever yeah, it's Disney. God forbid, God forbid. Well, and it's just so silly. This idea that, you can't have cigarettes in there because smoking is bad. When in like Griff said in the originals, the smoking is used like she ashes her cigarettes on people's feet. She's awful <laughs> with it there. You can't have that in there, but she's allowed to get piss fucking drunk, ruin a, uh, a mannequin and then gets hired for it. So where's the morality play here? Yeah. Well, you know, Disney is now in the pockets of uh big Jaeger. So we, we can't, uh, <laughs> can't speak too ill of it, you know? Uh, it, it is weird to look at how they have constructed Cruella as a mindset because it seems like all of the good aspects from her we're supposed to get are from the nurture side and all of the bad aspects of her come from the nature side like oh wow like it's it's her mom the baroness that's the the real evil one and that's like where she's getting it from so Maybe she's a little bit like her mom and maybe that's uncomfortable, but that's what's happening. So she's fighting that nature the entire time. And and, I, and she only actually becomes like bad, quote unquote, when she finds out that the Baroness is her mother. Because then she's like, oh, I need to go revenge mode. And revenge mode involves just like turning on her closest associates and treating them like absolute dog shit. Yes, like Absolutely. And, and she again, just abusing them the entire time. And that's that's what it means to to go Cruella mode, not actually doing anything productive by by any means, you know, like not actually like doing a, a massive fashion Nista style thing. But instead, it's the uh, again, creating one big blow up event that Jasper and Horace do all of the actual work for. And uh, they end up getting kidnapped for it and abducted, yeah. beaten, and tied up. They, well, they, I like, mean, they, oh, so, sorry, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, it's just, it's all a very predestination kind of thing. I'm telling you, whoever made this movie was a Calvinist. Disney has shifted from anti Semitism to full blown Protestantism, which are not incompatible. Oh, absolutely not at all. I mean, the, the the reason the evangelicals support Israel is because that's where all the Jews will go. And then when the end times come, uh, they will either convert uh, and, and be raptured or uh, go to hell. I mean this in the in like the most interesting way possible. What if Cruella DeVille was set like in like the mid 30s and she designed the uh, the the uniforms for an authoritarian style regime and then became an expat fled somewhere and then decided to utilize Dalmatian skin instead. Like, wouldn't that, you know, help uh, inform her character a little bit? Just trying to throw something <laughs> out there that might be just more interesting ultimately than the movie that we got. Because once we do find out that, oh, Cruella is the biological daughter of the Baroness because Mark Strong told us because, you know, Mark Strong has just been an ageless wonder in the Baroness's household where looked the same age of 45 just with a toupee sometimes. <laughs> That's uh, the, the explanation for the MacGuffin necklace. That's what leads to Princess Cruella. Um, made people, uh, or at least one person 
on Twitter want to correct me. Brella is not a Disney. And to uh, that person, I want to say, fuck you. Look at Hellman, uh, Hellman Hall. It is a giant castle-like structure on a fucking cliff in a gated community. The woman is called the Baroness. And at the main outfit uh, of the big gala, all of the servants are in medieval wardrobes. Look at all of that and tell me that that basically doesn't make Cruella a Disney princess. Like, you could disagree with me now, but then I'll be proven right two years from now when she joins the Disney princess lineup of villains or whatever the fuck. Congratulations. Wasn't one of that person's rebuttals to you also that she couldn't be a Disney princess because she caused chaos? That's right. As if, that is true. As if, as if a Disney princess hasn't uh like you know fucked things up for other people that was the main like driving force of the plot yeah. of the movie that's or, literally every single disney movie or, or has you literally had these mice turning into fucking horses and shit <laughs> just doing like full-blown magic on those poor little house animals I mean, let's not call it that chaos. (laughs) Let's not forget also Mulan just uh, wiping out, committing a minor act of genocide with all of the Mongolian horse riders that took place like 10,000 people literally got in a fight with a volcano. (laughs) (laughs) Bro. Yeah, chaos is kind of like a, a major factor of any Disney princess second act. Like that that's kind of what occurs and goes on the entire way through. But yeah, uh Brella becomes the uh brilliant bad and a little bit mad as we mentioned before. That I mean, she just kind of talks about how she went a little mad before and she's asking for uh, Jasper and Horace to take her back because they're in this together. And at this point, Jasper and Horace are suffering from Stockholm syndrome. And so they, they say, yes, like we need to help these men. We need to liberate them. Yeah. Please. We need to pull out all the buzzwords for them. They're being gaslit. They're in abusive relationship. Uh, she, she is uh, a, she, she is a manipulator of males. Um, <laughs> she really is gaslighting them. <laughs> it's, it's actually, it's, it's such, it's, they've basically like completely ripped the plot of Oliver twist. Like they're little orphan boys. Yeah. And then Fagin is like, consider yourself one of us. You're one in the family. Come steal shit for me while I reap the benefits and do none of the hard work. Uh. <laughs> she she Ripping was grooming Dickens, man. She was grooming them. Like mm-hmm. yeah, we can we can yeah we can pull out all all the Twitter buzzwords. It, it really is horrifying as well because uh, they're all about twelve years old when the movie starts. And we get a 10 year time jump. So they're actually all supposed to be like in their mid twenties. And all of these people definitely look in their early thirties. Like I'm the Disney de-aging effects did not do anyone any favors in this. Cause I at no point looked at that person and was like, yeah, they look like they could be in college. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Emma Thompson and the bald dude are the most youthful people in that whole movie. <laughs> Well, Mark Strong lucked out in the fact that like when he was 20, he looked 45 because of early balding. And then he has just stayed that age. Like He is Tommy Lee Jones that, you know, of where like he, he just will stay an eternal treasure. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah. He's looked the exact same as he did as the villain in the 2009 Sherlock Holmes movie. Just oh, has God. Not changed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Oh, God bless. I forgot that that's another connection. The guy, Richie, right there. Oh, mm. And, uh, Justice for our bald kings. <laughs> we love them. Who embrace White the boy baldness. White summer is canceled. It's bald boy summer. 
<laughs> oh no! Remember, remember, we can't say summer anymore because that's uh, anti third uh, 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 global south. We have to use Q three. Did, oh, did you see what that? What is Q three? I, I got a new job, third, so I have not no explain this. Quarter three, yeah. yeah. So there, I there saw was, that tweet. Hold you on, know that, like what, only what? a third of the world's population lives below the equator. <laughs> you think anybody in Australia gives a fuck what season we're in? They're All too right, busy so, wiping yeah. out native culture to to care about. You yeah, uh, so th- this is this is a complete tangent, but yeah, Kelvin, to bring you up to speed in this one, some some like uh, bougie lib uh, social media personality, she was like, "Yeah, uh, don't say summer because it's erasing the experiences of people in the global south. Say Q three instead." Which, if you're a member of the working class and anyone not just could you know uh you know a, a complete creature of like quarterly reports you have no idea what q3 exactly means. yeah yeah <laughs> let's let's yeah. talk about everything that goes on in the world in terms of dilbert language please that's that's how i want to to look at things this yeah, is, that's uh, what, miserable yeah. man yeah what white boy summer is canceled it's all about white boy q3 now bald boy q3 <laughs> excuse excuse me i i cannot relate yeah, to that that's right <laughs> that full head of hair canceled <laughs> trust me uh, is out rogaine also out joe rogan in <laughs> yes uh, ins- insert joe rogaine joke i guess uh, <laughs> Um, let's see where are we at in this fucking movie oh that's right uh, so we're getting to like the final showdown and that's when everything's taking place at Hellman House that's the 2005 CW uh, superhero TV show graphics that are taking over uh, all the guests dress like Cruella and the Baroness and Cruella have a showdown outside by a cliff the Baroness pushes Cruella off a cliff but Cruella magically has a parachute so she acts like it, it's a fucking D-Day uh, exploration that's occurring and uh, she lands safely into the water and uh, it does not at all look like a jarring awful awful special effect whatsoever let's get that right on out of our <laughs> minds and uh, she then drives up with Horace and Jasper because they're the ones who rescued her on the uh, on a boat because again they do everything in this goddamn movie <laughs> and then uh, she appears uh, uh, to see the Baroness off to jail and then Florence and the machine plays as credits roll because <laughs> of course they do. Why not? Who else was going to do an original song? And then there was that fucking mid credits. Oh my God. Is, no, <laughs> which, which featured uh, Roger and Nita in a scene from like the, that was at the start of the original animated movie. Um, tying the timelines together in such like, apparently like the, the events of this movie go right into the original, which makes no sense given what the story. Yeah, I don't. I don't even fucking know. Like it was. It was just. It was just pandering and like, oh, like this. This. You, did you know that this is related to the original property? If you weren't already aware, just like <laughs> fuck off. That's the thing we have to care about. No, I was hoping that at the very end there would be another one where we have Jafar with an eye patch that says like Cruella. <laughs> I would like to talk to you about the villain initiative. <laughs> Uh, but alas, it, it did not work. <laughs> and villain, Disney villain MCU. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Deeply unsettling. Uh, I think that's called Once Upon a Time. That was a TV show. People behavior. were. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> so uh yeah I, uh the, the only thing i can think of that i would want in, in terms of like as a sequel to this and i mentioned it to griff before but poppy please let me know if this sounds intriguing to you is uh, uh cruella 2 we just follow horace and jasper around after they realize the fortune they could make selling 101 designer purebred dalmatians at three thousand dollars a pop in 1978 london high fashion circles like that's the entire plot. They're just dog breeders, and then uh, they're they're having a quaint old time. I, I want I'd watch them, it. I'd be yeah. into that. I want them to get their own movie. Yeah, like they, competitive they dog uh, co- competitions that go on. Oh my god, let's do that. Best in show, but with Dalmatians. Yeah. No, I honestly like. They need an entire heist movie, just them. Um, yeah, it would, it would be better than anything here. They, they, they need to, uh, realize that they're being abused. They need to dump Cruella, start their own outfit. They, you Kings, you are so much better than her. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Please, please know your worth Kings. Yeah. (laughs) The advice I would give, but uh, maybe has a little bit too close of a relationship with that dog. A lot of kissing (laughs) on the mouth. (laughs) White women behavior. (laughs) Maybe, maybe Horace is trans. Yeah, that's the beginning of his inner white lady. (laughs) Intersectional feminism. That's it. That we got it, folks. The most intersectional Calvinist movie uh, we've ever seen. (laughs) Uh, Now that we get to to the my best part, my favorite part, uh, the wrap up of where we talk about how many trash cans we want to give this. So, Poppy, what are you feeling like? Well, I think I'd probably give it three out of four trash cans. Okay. All right. That's solid. You gotta, That's solid. You gotta, you gotta give Emma some credit. Thompson. <laughs> not the other one. Well, I'm glad that you can. Uh, you know, it, it's, a, again, a solid performance from someone who, uh, this is like her fifth Disney movie. So she is uh, just, she just in the Disney wheelhouse. Coin. Keep collecting those checks. Uh, your grandkids got to go to She's a real college. grifter. Yeah, yeah. We spend the whole movie yeah. thinking that Emma Stone's the grifter. She's not. It's no. Thompson. No. Uh, man, grift, what about you? Yeah, uh, after trashing it for an hour, I can't give it anything other than four trash cans. But Horace <laughs> and Jasper, you are exempt. You get zero trash cans. Uh, <laughs> kings, kings, know, know your worth. Uh, if... If a if a, a woman is treating you badly, don't be afraid to uh, uh, go your own way. You know? <laughs> oh man, Horace and Jasper taking the red pill, going on MGTOW Reddit boards. <laughs> no, you understand? She was an actual bitch. Oh my god, she wanted us to kill dogs. Oh, you're over exaggerating. Sure, sure, sure. Oh, yeah, no. they're they're just have on. to put a stop yeah. to the female manipulators. <laughs> when will it? end <laughs> horace and jasper uh go on r dash relationships they're always <laughs> telling you to, to to dump people so yeah you're being gaslit kings help my 101 dalmatians uh, are unionizing <laughs> oh my god yeah my my two grifters who do all the work have unionized uh, <laughs> It's good. It's good. I Uh, can't wait to see the Reddit, the R slash relationships post where it says poly relationship, our girlfriend, 22. (laughs) 
female <laughs> is making us kidnap her dog her boss's dogs <laughs> look we said open we didn't mean like this <laughs> we've cracked this thing wide open my god well uh, so what are we up to in this movie now we've got girl bossery bald kings uh gaslit gaslighting female manipulators yep yeah calvinism a trans woman uh yeah of what course else have we got the, the in joker there? the joker just the, kind and the of lady this, joker the the idea of class and, and proles you know uh petite bourgeoisie uh, getting their fucking asses kicked the whole way through <laughs> elizabeth warren must have masturbated to this so fucking hard we've got y'all can't forget uh magical disney blood magic oh that's basis. right yeah the blood quantum dude yeah. elizabeth warren with the blood quantum this is her movie <laughs> yeah uh, uh corella is uh native american coded <laughs> You're now making me real nervous about the Pocahontas live adaptation. Oh, oh, we'll see. oh no. Oh, no. Oh, my God. They're going to pull like a Black Panther and make like a sympathetic, uh, co- like, you know, colonizer like the. That's the, called the, the John Smith. That, yeah, li- literally that that is the plot. Yeah, they're going <laughs> to. Oh, man. Well, Poppy, thank you so much for coming on. It has been a blast. To go through all of these uh, just different ways to explore this movie that I think are definitely well deserved and things that I look forward to just kind of have constantly circling around in my brain uh, until the end of time, probably. Uh, in the meantime, though, where can people find you? What have you got to plug? What have you got going on? I have nothing to plug. Don't follow me on Twitter. There's nothing good there. Got it. Got uh, it. <laughs> Don't do it. It's bad for your mental health. Save yourself. <laughs> well, uh, you know, that's a level of honesty that I think definitely deserves everyone to go and follow. That's how it works, right? <laughs> but, uh, Grift, what about you? What's happening in the um, shop? Uh, but besides uh, telling people to go follow Poppy on Twitter... <laughs> um, I, I've, I've actually got a collab coming, uh, later this week. I think we're going to drop it next Friday, but with the, uh, officially the self-styled, uh, official Griff shop promoter, uh, Ruby, who you mentioned up top at the beginning, huge, huge Gigo fan. Um, she actually commissioned an artist to produce an original piece of art that is going to go on, uh, some, some Griff shop merch. Oh, okay. And it, I, and awesome. it is, it is next level. Like this is, this, it's seriously fucking awesome. So. Can I get a um, sneak peek? Drop it in the DMs, bro. Oh, yeah, I, I will. I will. It's it's really cool. So uh, be on the lookout for that. I think we're going to try to drop it next uh, Friday. So, um, yeah, that's that's going to be going up on the shop. And as always, uh, you know, get some get some Iron Dome, raise some money for Palestine. Still, oh, yeah. still, still plug in that. Yeah, I mean, that, that sounds like a interesting thing that's going to be going on in the shop you're just kind of covering all bases there yeah and we still i have uh i i assume the the thing with cole is still coming uh he uh netscape he uh like uh he, he said he was going to be ready in a week uh haven't heard from him but you know uh i assume i assume that's still coming so be on the lookout for that we we got a lot of collabs coming this summer yeah um I yeah. mean, granted, you know, a problematic white woman movie did come out, so Cole has attention focused on. Okay. Oh yeah, we have he's, to. We have to understand. 
he he is, he is busy. He's extremely down bad. Like he he's he's got other down subatomic. Right it's rabbit season and duck season for Cole right now with Cruella being out. Uh, it's a great time. Um, meanwhile, uh, if y'all also uh, aren't already following Gigo for some weird reason, you can go ahead and follow us on Twitter at Gigo Podcast. Also on Letterboxd at Gigo Podcast. Letterboxd is mostly because I just love seeing what y'all are actually watching and reviewing and then judging you immensely and then gossiping to grift about it. That's uh, the entire purpose for that account's existence. Uh, in the meantime, though, uh, go ahead and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Or, you know, if uh, you hate that app update still because they haven't goddamn fixed it, uh, be sure that you're following us on Spotify because I am uh, doubling down into Spotify, our new lords and saviors. Uh, all hail. Uh, long live the new flesh. Uh, in the meantime, uh, Griff, do you want to say goodbye to these lovely people? Uh, yeah. So, oh, sorry. Just one more note on Letterboxd. Uh, the, like there was a thing going around. There was a review that was talking about, uh, somewhat, uh, a woman who tased another woman at a, uh, Cruella screening because her kids were acting up. So just imagine if that had happened at a Joker screening, I'm, yeah. I'm going to leave you with that. Think of the violence, indeed. A somber note to get us out of here. Think, uh, think of the media th think pieces that would have resulted. <laughs> <laughs> we need to do something about these violent white women. Uh, Poppy, <laughs> want to say goodbye? All right. I don't know. Bye, I guess. <laughs> uh, deuces, y'all. Peace.